All right. And you said yes. And we said yes. <laughs> All right. Bob Goff is on our podcast today. Jacob. Welcome. I know. Right. Yeah. Um, thank you for tuning into standing in the gray. This is standing in the gray podcast where we ask some hard questions. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh yeah. This is just a delight. I'm so glad that you're talking to people about things that matter. And uh, I'm just uh, going to be uh, really fun to be talking to you. Yeah. And, you know, standing in the gray for anyone who's a first time listener is we just ask these questions that, you know, it'll change a little bit every, every episode, but we're wanting to know is, are you, are you walking in God's light? Or are you standing in gray spaces that might push you a little bit further away from his, mm-hmm. his perfect plan for you? So I am Chantel Brewer and you are Jacob Bonuelos, Jacob Bonuelos, and we're your co-hosts for this season. Our focus this season is being in the world, not of it. And Bob, you have just, I've read every one of your books and yeah. So you're the one. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the one who called you from the Chick-fil-A parking lot. And you know, you guys listening, if you ever wonder if he really does answer, he really does answer. He does. Um, I've been to your retreat out of the Oak center and man, I just left a, just a changed person, you know? So glad. Yeah, man. My soul was just restored for sure. And just, I, it really helped us to be confident enough to launch this podcast, honestly. <laughs> so, oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah. good. Went, we didn't even go for that. I went for writing a book and then you were just like, just do it. Just push, <laughs> just push record on Zoom. So that's it. It'll work yeah. every time. Yeah, totally. So today's question is, are we making it too hard? And because of the books that you write, because of the life that you lead and the conversation I have heard you have on your podcasts and just in your, on your social media, you're always saying, you know, loving other people just doesn't have to be that hard. And so that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. I really like the idea that uh, even the disciples, they had some really uh, just really important, but simple questions. They said like, what's our work? It was John six. And they said, Jesus said, I know it's true because it's in red. And he said, your work is to believe in the one God sent. And I think they were just thinking we were going to get maybe a long list from him. And here's a game plan. He unroll a set of plans that look like a bunch of football plays. You go left, you go right, do button hook. And he just said, your work is belief. And so I really like that. That gives me um, a perspective on how, to your point about not making it harder, than it needs to be. So this is a thing about faith that it, it's not uh, like easy, like it'll actually kill every prideful version of you, yeah. but it can be simple. Like here you have uh, Jesus, the greatest theologian to ever walk the earth, I guess before John Piper got here. And, uh, <laughs> and he said, he points at two sheep and he says, it's like when one of those gets away and everybody knew exactly what he was talking about. So I'd say if our work is belief, and if we want to keep it simple, but not make it easy, then uh, this is, comes from John 17. Uh, it's Jesus talking to his dad. He said, I brought glory and honor to you by finishing the work you gave me to do. So I would say just finish your work. Yeah. And he's given us each different things to be up to. But the idea that our work is just belief. So I would just say, like, how do you lean into that? And I don't know. I think I'm going to spend the rest of my life figuring that out. Yeah. Yeah. That that feels like uh what was that five words, but it's, man, that's a really big question. You're right. I feel like we could spend a lot of time on that. And what, what's wild to me is I was thinking about when you were talking about um, the thief on the cross 
you know, that he just, everyone gets so, well, not everyone, but a lot of people, I think get kind of mad that he just gets slipped in at the very end. And I think people get hung up on, you know, what, why does his salvation get to look like, you know, him sticking up for Jesus for that very last few seconds of his life. And Jesus is like, yeah, buddy, that's it. You're in. Yeah. What's that idea? Like grace is hard until you need a little bit. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) so we got to part with this notion of faith being fair. Yeah. um, Because fair is your worst day. You do not want a fair deal uh, from God because fair means like he's there, you're here. Um, But to say what I'm trying to do is I'm not vetting the people around me. Jesus didn't ask the guy on the cross, what are you in for? He didn't say, ask him, do you feel bad? He just said, like, I'll I'll see in paradise. And so I really like that idea of maybe spending a little bit less time vetting everybody around us um, or or kind of waving a bony finger in their direction. Um, So what I want to do is just say, I'm going to keep my eyes on my own paper. My job is belief. And that I, and Mark nine talks about a dad like me. And he says, I believe just help my disbelief. Like, uh, you know, all the stuff I don't really believe, I'm not going to fake it. I'm not going to pretend like I believe stuff I don't believe. I just say like, can you help with that part? And I tend to believe the things I've experienced. So like I've experienced love. So I believe it's easier for me to understand that if God said to love people, I go immediately somebody who loved me well. I've experienced pain as we all have and separation or ambiguity. I've not experienced heaven, I'm delighted to say. Uh, I'm still here. And so when I read the scriptures about heaven, I can honestly say it isn't that I don't believe I'm on team heaven, like sign me up. However, I've not experienced it. So I'd have to say, help my disbelief on that. Help me on the parts that I can't get my arms around. And so I'm not hung up on that. Um, I've experienced grace. I've experienced somebody being really kind when I was being kind of a pill. Um, so what I want to do is to say, what are the things I'm certain about? And what are the things I'm just wondering about? Yeah. And so there's a greater, a longer list of things I'm still wondering about yeah. than the things I'm certain about. I'm certain about Jesus. Um, I'm certain about the love of my family. I'm certain about what it feels like to be a great friend to people. Um, but there's a longer list, which is everything else of the things I'm a little bit uncertain about. What I what I do for a day job and how I get there. Should I leave? Should I not? Yeah. And so I think yeah, yeah. So like in your conversation, did you embrace that the fact that you're uncertain? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't know if we embraced it, but we sure were in agreement. Like, I don't know. Um <laughs> So you said a phrase just now, you said there were people that showed me grace when I was being a pill. And I asked Jacob actually to, he had a a story that he was sharing with me and I just thought it fits so well with this episode. So. Oh yeah. Go Jacob. Share share your story. Yeah. So uh, almost seven years ago, I, I got clean and sober. I was, I was addicted to uh, opiates, heroin, drugs, alcohol, everything. Um, And I had this, like, I had this amazing, um, thing happened in my life where I cried out to Jesus for help. And I was, and I was delivered like overnight from this addiction. Um, and I've been clean ever since. And so I was, I was getting sober. I was, you know, working in recovery. Um, I was living in this, uh, like sober living house and I needed a job and I didn't have a car. I didn't have a license. And so I was working at, uh, five guys. It's a burger place. And, you know, I'm 33 year old 
man and I'm making 950 an hour and I'm flipping burgers. And so, you know, I'm, you know, that's, it's not exactly what I envisioned for myself, but anyway, I'm walking to work one day and it's like, you know, this is on the East coast, Northern Virginia. It's maybe a hundred degrees out this day and I'm just sweating. My feet are tired and I'm walking to work and I'm just, I'm feeling very um, discontent. And so I, and I started doing all that stuff in my head of like, I, I, I deserve better than this. You know, mm. um, I was feeling, I was not feeling good. So I reached out to a friend and I just was kind of expressing my, you know, what I was thinking when I was feeling. And, and he basically was just like, well, listen, man, you know, if you got what you deserved, you wouldn't even be here right now, you know, based on how you were living your life. Mm. And he's like, you, you know, you, you're actually in an amazing space today. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, you were on the verge of death now you're you're walking around on your own two feet um you have an opportunity to change so you actually have it pretty good and and he said if you're feeling you know if you're feeling not content about how your life is you know he's like pray about it and and ask god to just to to give you um peace about it and then also recognize that this is where god has you and so thank him for that and and i i just like immediately changed my mind set and i just thought you know what you're right i prayed about it um and i said god uh, you know i'm i'm sorry but this is not fun for me but i i do trust you and i trust uh, your plan in my life and and if this is where you want me to be that's fine i just want to be okay with it and i want to have peace and like instantly like that that knot in in my stomach was gone i felt okay i went to work and i was uh i was i, I had a good attitude um, I was, you know, I was crushing it at work. Everyone's like, man, you're, you're, you're doing so well today. You have such a good attitude. Um, and so anyway, later that day I get off work and I got a call from a friend and he says, Hey man, I just bought a new car. Um, I have a, an old Camry that I don't really need anymore. You know, I'll sell it to you. And so I'm like, wow. Okay. I mean, I don't really have any money, but that sounds great. And he says, I'll oh, just pay me later. You know? So I'm like, okay, that's, that's pretty crazy. Right. So then I'm, so I say, well, I mean, I don't have a license either. And he's like, well, what do you need to get it back? And I'm like, I need to pay like 400 bucks. And he goes, I'll take care of that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so he picks me up, takes me to DMV, pays, you know, pays off my fees, gets my license back, gives me a car basically for free. And I'm just like, what the heck? You know, here, here I was like, you know, earlier that day complaining about walking and, and all this stuff. And then, and I, I just turned it over to God. And, you know, that's how he works in my life. Just like almost immediately, you know, when I submit those things to him, he's like, here you go. And then, yeah. you know, the last part of that is, is we're driving there and, and, and um, I'm looking through my emails and things like that. And, and the car, you know, he's selling it to me for 500 bucks. And I start, I, I start having that worry come into my brain of like, where am I going to get the money? I don't make that much money. And immediately I stopped and I said, you know what, God, if this is, you're doing this, I'm just going to trust you. You're going to take care of this. I find an email from a marketing research company that I used to do surveys for. They would pay me a hundred bucks here and there. Um, and they said, Hey, we've been trying to get a hold of you. Please give us a call. I gave them a call and they said, Hey, we need a current number and address. We're trying to send you your prize. And I go, what, what prize? <laughs> they said, they said, well, you did a, a survey, you know, in December, there was a sweepstakes. You, we entered your name to the raffle and you won second place. And I go, what's second place? And they said, it's 500 bucks. Come on. <laughs> come on. Yes. Like, oh my gosh. And, and so, but so many things happened like that to me, uh, you know, early in my recovery. And it just really set me on this path of, of like, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. And then, and then also I need to be sharing things like yeah. that with other yeah. people, yeah. you know? 
I yeah. Just, first of all, I was thinking, Jacob, uh, just well done. Uh, it's, it's a courageous move to be in recovery and uh, make the moves that you're making. And uh, uh, it's Acts 4.13. It said they saw Peter and John and they knew they were just unschooled, ordinary people. Right. But they saw their courage and they knew they'd been with Jesus. Yeah. And so when I hear of this adventure that you're on, I'm like, there's a guy that's been with Jesus, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think that there's something beautiful about telling your story like that uh, at camp. You know, the last night at camp, everybody stands up and they say, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And they have say so night and people mm-hmm. cry. But like, it really says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And that's mm-hmm. what was going through my mind as you were telling this yeah. story. And I'm like, there's a courageous guy making courageous moves. So well done. I think I interrupted there. Uh, No, you're totally fine. I just was, I was going to agree with you. I I tell him all the time. I'm like, Jacob, don't talk vague. Tell your story, man. I just, (laughs) for me, I grew up in youth group. I've my parents, my mom's a pastor, like our, our worlds are just so opposite. So for me, I don't have his story. And I, I'm just always like, man, that's just so amazing. I mean, God's done really cool stuff with me too. But you know, for me being able to I don't know. I just, I'm changed every time I hear her stories, even though I can't, I mean, I really can't relate to your, the, the noun, the struggle that you had, the thing, but I think anybody can relate to not, well, first of all, not feeling content in a space where God has you. And especially if Mm -hmm. it's because of our, you know, choices. And then additionally on the receiving end of grace, what I love is that you just accepted it. There's so many people that are as Christians too, where we're just like, I don't know, you know, no, 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 no. Let me do something, you know, and, and that, that's like never, the betting that, you're, that he's talking about. Well, more like um, trying to earn it. Like you weren't trying oh, to right. earn it. You just said, thanks. And you took it. Yeah. And I, that's such an example as well. I don't know why we do that weird as Christians. <laughs> yeah. Know. I think it comes from a, a place of humility. And then also knowing that there's other people that have needs and all that. So I mean, like, Hey, I don't want all this good yeah. dropped on me. Um, yet at the same time, having your head on a swivel and to say, you know, maybe this is me receiving something that God has for me. This uh, idea Paul's talking about making your request known to God. When you think about it for a second, God knows before you request it. Right. He already said he knows everything. And so sometimes it's making the request known to yourself to oh. say, I'm not going to be able to do this uh, working at five guys. And uh, and so the next move is get over to Shake Shack where they're paying 20 bucks an hour. So, so but like kind of pray on the way to, yeah, to yeah. just say, hey, listen, what I'm going to do is be heads up to my needs, make these things known to God. And if he drops somebody in my life, no doubt that friend you were talking about walked away from that feeling so great yeah. about doing something with their faith. And I'm just, I apologize by giving a Bible verse for everything. Um, I'm like a Bible verse guy. It's Galatians five, six says the only thing that matters is your faith expressed in love. Yeah. Um, so knowing why you're doing what you're doing, uh, if you've read uh, my book, Chantel, then you'll see, I don't put Bible verses in any of my books. And I do it because I want the guy at the tire store that doesn't know anything about this to just feel invited. And I don't want people that uh, are pursuing faith to argue with each other about Bible verses. Oh, and yeah. I was seeing that people were arguing with each other and I just don't want to be an accomplice to that. <laughs> I just want to be like, I'll just say things that are true. Right. And then you know where they're at, then awesome. And if you don't, awesome. Yeah. But what if we just say, and again, this is Paul to Timothy. Um, he says like, 
he, I, I want to not just tickle people's ears with a bunch of loose doctrine. I want to just say things that are true. Yeah. And so if faith does guide your steps as a listener to just like kind of know these things, like it's not about memorizing the Bible. It's about like saying when I've got a decision to make, is there any place where I've thought in the scriptures or Jesus told the story about something? Is there something that applies to that in the full context of what he said, not just nabbing a couple words, but to just say, is there something that could draw that parallel to? And that's been super helpful to me. So I think this courageous adventure that you're on, Jacob, the one that you're on, Chantel, like, I'm just so glad that you're doing it and then spreading the word. A podcast is a great way to do it. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we have like two Thanks. minutes left because I really want to honor your time. And I know you are a busy guy in Canada awaits because they have coffee crisp candy bars. Yeah, they do. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. Okay, that yeah. coffee crisp changed your life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. I, I, say oh I just went there. Yeah. Oh, they used so to have, uh, they still do Macintosh where you'd take the candy cards, like toffee. It's like gateway drug to diabetes, but <laughs> you just slam it down and it shatters into a bunch of pieces. Oh my and you God. Get that toffee. That's just good. That's, good. that's why I look like this. That's, that's You're looking great, man. I was watching you walk those, those hills at the Oak Center and I was like, well, that guy's moving faster than I am. Yeah. <laughs> that's what is happening. All right. So just your best piece of advice, I guess, for... Uh, just the Christian who wants to share their story uh, in, in probably a public space. So like I'm a public high, I'm, I'm a public teacher, public school teacher. Um, Jacob works in an auto body shop and, you know, I mean, we got, oh, yeah, God's planted us where he's planted us. So to the person who's out in the marketplace, what would you say to them about just loving on loving people? Well, the yeah, a couple of thoughts come to mind. The first one is, when love has an agenda, it didn't love anymore. It's yeah. something else. It's a program. And so nobody wants to be like God makes people uh, and people make issues, but people aren't issues. People yeah. are people. Right. So what we're doing is we're not going to get distracted by the issue of the day. It's not that they're unimportant, but just compared to God's love for us, they are unimportant if we scale it in that way. And so people aren't issues. The second thing I'd say is instead of giving people advice, tell them your experience. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of people have opinions. They're like ears. Everybody's got a couple, uh, except Van Gogh. <laughs> but, like, but what I would say is tell people your experience. So there was a guy I've sailed across the ocean a couple of times, which cracks me up because I hurl the whole way. It's like, I'll drop 30 pounds, easy. <laughs> Like interface Oprah. So um, the uh, there was a guy and he heard that I was fixing to do it again. What a Texas thing to say. Um, so I was planning on doing it. And so uh, he said, oh, you need to do this and get these sales and carry this with you. And he had a really long list of things he thought I should do. I said, oh, are you a sailor? And he said, no, I've never left Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a guy that had a lot of opinions. He just didn't have a lot of experience. Oh, yeah. And so talk from your experiences yeah. to say, and you don't have to experience what everybody else has experienced. So if there's somebody has uh, been at the receiving end of this gut bunch of a relational disaster to just say like, man, I, I can't think of an experience I've had that's parallel to this. It just must really hurt. Tell me more about that. So it isn't being pop psychologist. It's just saying, you know what? I don't have a shelf for that can of peaches, 
But if you do have an experience, take a genuine interest in their experience before you tell them your experience, right? This is uh, Philippians 2.20. It's uh, Paul again saying, there's nobody like Timothy because Timothy takes a genuine interest in other people's welfare. So what if you think about that? So uh, again, it would just people are projects. Don't make people meet your opinion, have them meet Jesus. And then talk about your experience, not your opinion. Uh, And there's something beautiful. And then be free to say, man, I got no shelf for that. What does it feel like? Or what did you do next? Or who's your best friend? Who's somebody you've, if you were to describe that in a few words, what would the thing, what does it feel like to be you today? Like that. And you could just say, what it feels like to be me is to feel like constantly misunderstood and uh, oftentimes uh, very uh, insecure uh, and at the same time, hopeful. What does it feel like to be you? And so like, these are the kinds of things that great conversations are born out of. Man, I love that so much because those people are going to walk away and think, oh, that guy actually cares about me. That person actually cares about me. And, you know, it isn't, it isn't like, oh, I think I'm going to go become a Christian now. It's like, right. man, what? Yes. So just- tell me about more about this man, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, yeah. they're just going to yeah. say, what a, what a good dude. Yeah. Like that Jacob, he's a nice guy. Like, yeah. and, the, and that idea of just loving people. And it's not a tactic to set the hook for people on Jesus. And this comes from Matthew 16. It's the big Simon Peter moment. Who do you say I am? And some said he was a teacher. And to my Muslim friends, he was like an awesome teacher. And he was actually some, he said, some say you're a prophet. And again, those same friends think he was a great prophet. And then when Simon Peter said, like, I think you're God, then Jesus's response was this, don't tell anybody. (laughs) I love that. It's like, wait, what? And the next verse clarifies, he said, flesh and blood doesn't reveal this to you, Mm -hmm. but the spirit of God does. So I think as we're just, this isn't part of a four-step process to set the hook for baby Jesus, because he ain't a baby. Read Revelations. He's out of the crib. Right. Uh, And what we need to do is just say like, hey, man, what I'm going to do is just show up fully me, and you're going to show up fully you, and we'll get to know each other, and then we'll leave it to the Holy Spirit, which is so over my pay grade, to figure out who Jesus is. Jesus is. So I just love that you guys are spreading your love. Well done. Keep it up. Thank you. And thank you for pouring back into us. I I super appreciate it. I mean, this is definitely going to go down as my favorite. Well, my favorite day of May. My kids. This is awesome. (laughs) I love this. My favorite. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks you guys. Hey, blessings on you. And then for each of you that have been listening, like find a couple uh, to really reliable, true voices. Find Chantel, find Jacob, find voices in your life that you can trust and then keep them close. Yeah. All right, you guys. Blessings on you. I'll Thank talk you. to you later. Thanks. Have a good All one. Right. Bye. Bye.